0: Juliet, and you're listening to Broken Girl Unchained Podcast. And tonight I am sitting here with once again this lovely and handsome man that I think about throat punching every fucking day. Mika.
1: Welcome. Glad to have you guys here. Glad to not have been currently throat punched. But you know, the night is young. Who knows what could happen?
0: The night is very young. Be careful.
1: Right, I'm always careful around. I'm super
0: sensitive today, so
1: I know you've been super sensitive for a while. And
0: I don't PMS, so it's like
1: you have CMS, constant menstrual syndrome.
0: Not constant. (laughs) It's not constant. You can't. eat. That's not even a fair statement.
1: That's where you're like, you know, bitchy two weeks before the week of, and a week and a half after. That was
0: me prior to my hysterectomy.
1: I know you used to tell me about that.
0: Oh my god, yeah. I'm surprised. Like, I didn't kill my ex-husband. Right? I, I I understand why women like they claim temporary insanity when they kill their husband.
1: Well, there's I mean I love those TV shows that are all
0: Discovery ID. Who
1: can't Who can Who doesn't love a, a a murder murder documentary? You know.
0: You know what kills me is those women that like poison their family. I'm like, why would Why in the fuck would you do that? I mean, really.
1: Well, that's just sadistic, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's like my ex-mother-in-law.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just kidding. Maybe not. <laughs> You'll never know.
1: Right. <laughs> Truth or fiction. <laughs> right.
0: Um, So I wanted to come and do this show because um, we're going to be having someone that is joining us.
1: Yeah, there's going to be possibly a a new fixture to the show who this knows This girl
0: is amazing i clicked with her from the like right out the gate
1: yeah you guys seem like two peas in a pod
0: okay first of all we're both scorpios
1: <gasps> Ooh.
0: i'm gonna throat punch you right now second of all we are in the same line of work she is an esthetician and she specializes in um, brazilian wax And believe it or not, I've only had one in my lifetime. Yeah? Yeah.
1: That's where they just take everything.
0: Everything. Like the ball fucking turkey. Being in the line of work that I'm in, it's like you you see a lot. You do. Like I'm a massage therapist. I've seen boners. I've seen men like they have ejaculated while I've worked on them. Like they would get up and I would be like, oh, shit.
1: You know. Well, you are smoking hot, so Whatever. On a good day. Right? Not today. I'm I'm sure there's no shortage of of of, of wood being well, this Even is the thing, around.
0: like I'm super professional in my, in my job. So it's like, I make that disclaimer as soon as I meet with my clients. Like if there's any, um, sexual advances, I'll cut the session short and charge full price, you know, and there has been times where I've had to kick people out of my shop. I've had to stop, um, you know, being their massage therapist or, you you know stop their therapy program or whatever um because they've ha- they have had sexual advances
1: That's a trip to me. I've only had one massage and I remember I was working That is
0: not a fair statement.
1: Well no, I've had one outside of before I met you, but mm-hmm. I've had one one professional massage, you know, and I remember I was working at Squaw Valley and I was working at the lodge there and that was like a, a gift they gave to us at like Christmas time or something. You know, they booked a, an hour massage mm-hmm. and I remember just being like so nervous that like I was going to like I was going to get Shit a, yourself like well, that I was going to get a fucking boner, boner like just sitting there. Oh my
0: God. Was she hot?
1: Uh, she was an attractive, an attractive woman, you know, and. That was like... So I'm sitting there and I'm... I'm
0: Trying to talk yourself down? You know, Is that what you guys go through? Like, I can't even imagine like... You don't even getting, know. Yeah. Getting a boner or whatever.
1: I remember having that talk with my son once he hit a certain age. And I'm like... And he loved wearing sweatpants. And I'm like, dude, you're at that age where you can't you can't wear sweatpants to school. And, and I used to... I called it the phantom boner. F-
0: Coming from a man that like P- used to make fucking like cartoon characters off of, I don't know, what do you, you and... Um, no, that was different. Oh, okay. Do you, let's elaborate on <laughs> no, that we're, because... We're, no, no, no. I do. I do. Okay. So men are disgusting, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we we're gross from, you know, snips and snails and puppy dog tails, right? Okay.
0: So, and like, it amazes me how a guy can't take a shower every day. I'm sorry. It does.
1: There's plenty of men that shower daily.
0: I know, but it, it just amazes me when men don't like, and it doesn't bother them. I'm like, does it, does your stench not? Even no,
1: you're immune to it. And it's,
0: it's, it's your own stench. It's your own. I mean, no, especially. Fuck that. I've smelled before and I'm just like, holy fucking shit. Like this is so profound.
1: Well, and I, I've, I've worked with kids and, uh, especially like 13 14 15 year old boys like right when puberty starts to hit they don't even realize that like after after you exercise that you're gonna fucking smell especially when all that stuff's going and Uh you can like walk by them and it's just like a cocktail of fucking stench man
0: yeah i can only imagine yeah i don't want to imagine like i am sorry but boys are fucking gross yeah. I'm like, I walk in my son's room sometimes and I'm like, holy fucking shit, does something fucking die in here?
1: Oh, you don't even know the half of it. You know? It's, like,
0: I mean, imagine when you guys fart.
1: I, I grew up playing sports. I grew up <laughs> playing on teams and then I was in the Marines and there's nothing as, as gross as a group of guys when they get together and there's not Do any, you
0: guys play battleships?
1: You don't even want to know half the stuff oh that I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I don't. Sometimes I like to, well, because I grew up with the eight brothers and stuff. So sometimes I'm like, I feel like I think like a guy, but I don't act like one, but I think like one, but I don't know. I can't even get the, No. you have to have all of those senses working at the same time.
1: There's definitely girls that are are guys, girls. and, And what I mean by that is, and they don't have to be tomboys, but they, they, they definitely they get on get along better with with men than they do with other women and we've oh, talked about me. that before
0: yeah, yeah that's me i get along way better with men than i do with women um and that's another thing that um i'm excited to have another female on the show she I, i'm can you imagine how many fucking Js that she sees
1: well maybe she'll share I with mean, us that i
0: like i just keep thinking like have you seen that movie um how um it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and he's like, Hairy pussies, smelly pussies. <laughs> what movie is that? It's it's um not devil's advocate. What is it called? Anyways, I gotta look it up. I drew a blank. But I know you guys know what I'm talking about. That's the first thing that would come to my mind. And I'm in the I'm in the same field that she's in and it's just like I stay clear from
1: that. I think you'd probably get desensitized to it after a while. I had a I knew a guy who was a bouncer at a strip club and it was just like, oh man, you must love your job. And he was like, you know what, man, after a while, he's like, you've seen one, you've seen one boob, you've seen them all. He's like, it's just, it becomes like this blur. It's not even exciting anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I can see that because I'm not a, I'm not a foot person. Like I hate feet, fucking hate them. I can't I only like my children's feet and I'll kiss them until the cows come home I don't give a shit and I don't even care how old they are you know my son's 16 and I will kiss his feet because I made them you know what I mean so it's like I don't know there's that gray area for moms but to see another I don't know you know what you know what really fucking like would really gross me out if one, like, really smelled really bad, like a vagina.
1: And why would that gross you out? Really? Body parts smell. Like, that's just, that's biology, right?
0: I know, but still, like, I would want someone to tell me, like, hey, by the way, you need to douche.
1: Hey, as a, and I'm not speaking for all men, but I would say the majority, at least maybe I just know some, maybe the ones I know are just a little less picky, but we don't care. And, and, and again, I can't speak for everybody, but... You know what like
0: so you're the type of man let me put it this way and this is my disclaimer Anyone that's under the age of 18 should not be fucking listening to this show Are you the kind of guy that likes to have oral sex while the girl is on their menstrual?
1: I don't think anybody likes that necessarily But See,
0: that's like for me that would be like a bloodbath. I mean I it doesn't bother you
1: I have earned my red wings once or twice <laughs>
0: that's where I was going. (laughs) Wow. Well, good for me because I don't get my menstrual, so. Right. So it's one of those things that come with having cancer. (laughs) It's one of the the perks.
1: (laughs) I I guess if there's a perk to it. There's
0: not a perk. There really isn't. But, I mean, if you can think of your glass half full, that would be your glass half full. Yeah,
1: that would be the best way to put it. Let's talk about... You know, I remember you came to me and you were just like, I want to just have some fucking girl talk. Mm -hmm. I just want to have girl talk. And you guys
0: super sensitive.
1: And, and then I started thinking about it and I'm like, man, I I can't do girl talk. No, you can't. I'm not, I'm not qualified to do it. I, I, you know, as, as whatever, however many genders people think there are, like, I'm not qualified to talk about that, you know? I just
0: want to talk about like, okay, she's been single for Almost three years. And for me, like, I've never really dated. So I want to kind of pick her brain on, like, the whole dating thing. I don't want to do it. And I have no desire to do it. But it's just like...
1: It's definitely a topic that you seem you seem curious about. I am curious
0: because it scares the shit out of me. It's almost like the paranormal.
1: Cause you've asked me about it. My experiences, you know, I've talked about my experiences a few times and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel you, you definitely like to examine that. Yeah. And I'm going to call, I'm going to call bullshit to, to in, in advance. And I am I might, I don't hope I'm not pissing off our, our guests to be, but, um, If she's a, is she an attractive woman? I haven't seen pictures of her.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, you have. I've showed you. Did you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's hot. She's definitely hot. She's a hottie but
1: Then her dating experiences are are not going to be as, I think dating for someone who's attractive is a lot easier. And you guys can vilify me you can crucify me. Yeah, she's a pretty girl.
0: She's very very pretty.
1: When you, when you're attractive, you kind of get your pick, you know. You, you don't have to And maybe that's an oversimplification. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's just being shallow and and superficial, but I think you know, let's face it. When you're when you're looking and you're starting to date people, you date people you find attractive, you know. And Well,
0: I my philosophy is is that you Looks is what gets you there and personality is what keeps you there. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, I mean, I like a little eye candy when they're like eating breakfast.
1: (laughs) Well, there has to be an attraction. And I remember, gosh, I was young. I was in my 20s and there was a a girl that was in like a circle of people I hung out with and stuff. And she, she was really attractive until you got to know her. And her personality, like the more you got to know her and then and that goes for guys too. I'm mm-hmm. not just trying no, to, yeah, for I'm sure. not generalizing, but mm-hmm. it's like the more you get, the more I got to know her, the less attractive she became, you know, and it was just because the personality was so, um, was so ugly like that. You ever see that shallow howl movie? Oh my God. Yeah. And it just made me, you know, it, it has there, that rings true.
0: Oh, for sure. There's some truth behind that for sure. Because it's like, you know, every man, in my opinion, every man wants that trophy wife, so to speak. You know what I mean? Not trophy wife, but like someone that's going to look good on their arm, someone that looks good to them.
1: Yeah. It's per, it's about perception. You know, when you're with right. somebody, that person should be, to you, they should be the most beautiful person you've ever seen beautiful or handsome person. or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. And as you get to know that person, they should get, that beauty should intensify.
0: You know? Let me tell you a story real quick. I, okay. So my ex, my ex-husband and I, we broke up for about a year. No, it was about two years while I was in high school and I got with this guy and he he used to be a tagger and um he always tagged nice god I hope he's not listening right now but he always tagged nice and he was the most nicest guy out of the whole school out of the whole fucking campus he was the nicest guy and but he wasn't good looking but you can see past that as soon as like you would talk to him and got to know him like he, he I don't know. It was just something about him. He was charming. He was a gentleman. He was just a really good guy. I ended up breaking his heart, but (laughs) (laughs) shocking. Um, no, I ended up going back to my ex-husband, but he was, he was, he wasn't a good looking guy. He wasn't, he was a very, very nice guy. And I think there is a there's a level of attraction and then there's a level of...
1: Well, you have the physical and you have the emotional. Right. Or the intellectual.
0: And like I was telling you last night about the demisexual. Mm-hmm. I think that's me because I have to be emotionally emotionally connected with someone in order to have sex with them. I can't just have this casual sex, you know? Mm. It just doesn't work for me. And I don't know why, I don't know, my brain isn't wired that way, my emotions aren't wired that way, I don't know. Some people are able to to do it, and some people aren't. So, um, and for me, I just can't. And so, having that emotional attachment is very, very important to me. I think that, you know, that level of attraction can be manipulated by, not manipulated, but you can kind of see past it after a while,
1: well yeah, it gets in i mean ultimately you you once you've been with someone for for a while on that you you start to notice things about them that you didn't notice before you know as you start to get to know them as a person and, and that's where to me, I think that's where the that's where the relationships it's the that make or break time you know once once that infatuation once that other stuff is worn off, then what you're left with is is the actual person.
0: So you and I were seeing a therapist at one time, the same therapist, and the therapist told me, I remember verbatim, she said, and she was a great woman, great woman, but she was, um, I remember she told me that it took 24 months to know if you're in love. 24 months. For all your hormones and your chemistry to die down and stuff like that to still have that, that attraction and still, you know, don't find your partner annoying, you know, stuff like that. I, she mentioned some valid points on that. And I did my research and that is so fucking true.
1: It's not called, it, they don't call it the honeymoon stage for nothing, you know?
0: Yeah. That's exactly what she said. Yeah. That's-
1: because when a relationship's new, you're caught up, you're exploring someone new, you're
0: and all your hormones are going and right. those butterflies. Yeah. And
1: everything's far in. Well, eventually, you know, that settles down and, and life gets back to into its groove. And then you're what you're stuck with is not stuck with. But what's left is is the, the person who they are. You know, it's it's.
0: Well, you've been with your girlfriend for a while.
1: Yeah. For a minute now.
0: How long has it been?
1: Uh, eons. Some days it feels like it's the never ending You know, saga the 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 Batan Death March. You know, damn, but
0: that bad, huh?
1: No, she's great. Yeah, I've been with her since uh, 2017.
0: It's been over two years. Mm -hmm. So, what would you say
1: Uh, about what
0: about your relationship?
1: Uh, It's it's had its ups and downs, you know, and some of it has been as a result of.
0: Past trauma, outside
1: influences, other shit that's just hasn't been necessarily relationship specific, you know.
0: I think it, that played a huge part in it. Yeah, yeah. Like I think outside influences might have clouded your perception. Yeah,
1: but you know, the one constant that has has never stopped is when I first met her. Um, we went out on our first date, and I was just fucking awestruck by how pretty, how beautiful she was and I was just like really like what why are you sitting here with me you know (laughs) like one of those things and and it doesn't matter it could be you know first thing in the morning it could be late at night it it doesn't matter the the one constant has been when I look at her I see the most beautiful woman I've ever seen every single time even when she's mad at me even when she hates me even when we're at each other's fucking throats it doesn't matter I'm still just like that's still a, a constant and so that's what gives me hope even in even when times are rough, you know mm-hmm. and it's not it's not like a not necessarily a physical attraction like an know?
0: infatuation
1: it's not like that, you know you know it's I don't know there's just something there's something there it's like that that do you ain't. still
0: feel like the fire do you still feel that like I can't wait to get home to her I mean kind of what's your thought
1: yeah uh, the short answer is yeah, you know there's some days where work and whatever takes over and the last thing you want to do is is fucking is talk to anybody you know my job I talk at my job I I talk all day and I'm not a big talker except for I guess on a podcast I'm a
0: huge talker
1: but it's I need that decompression time and I used to come home and go straight to the gym and I haven't I've been off my routine for a little bit you know and that helped to with that decompression time and stuff like that but Mm -hmm.
0: um you had a hard time adjusting.
1: The valley is a different place.
0: It, it definitely is.
1: You know, there's there's been lots of good and
0: and you come from you know the coast and
1: yeah the the ocean was always calming calming yeah just the something about the salt air or whatever it is you know.
0: So for those of you that don't know, we, um, Mikael and I, we, we actually, uh, took off to Monterey for a photo shoot and stuff. And, and I can tell like your shift in your mood, in your energy, in, it's just amazing what your environment can do for you.
1: I've always enjoyed.
0: And I'm from San Diego, so I totally get it. I get the ocean. I get the you know, the smell in the air, you know, there's just something about that.
1: And it was the same way when I lived in, I lived in Truckee for a little bit and just being, even in being in the mountains, I think it's just like that, that energy of, of that natural energy of something powerful. Like the ocean's a really powerful place, even though it was calm when we were down there and same thing with the mountains and stuff like that. There's just something about feeling, I don't know, not to get all philosophical, but insignificant in in the world kind of just puts puts things tranquil. in perspective yeah
0: i mean that's the best word that i can find i mean even though like it was you know the rain and stuff like that and the the weather was sucked. yeah the weather's fucking sucked but at the same time there was some peace to it like there was a, a couple parts in um our trip that like my heart was still you know what i mean like right. i was just like Okay, I can breathe, you know.
1: It's it's calming. It's mm-hmm. peaceful. It's, it's it, like you I said, love tranquil. I the
0: cypress trees. Oh, yeah. There's something about those trees that give me a sense of peace.
1: There's a reason why millions of people flock to the Monterey Bay every year to... It's a beautiful, beautiful, Mm -hmm. expensive place. (laughs) Yeah,
0: expensive for sure. I mean, just even in the storm, it was pretty.
1: And that's one of my, that's one of the things that a lot of people, they. it's like they want it to, they don't realize how beautiful it can be even when it's, when the weather's fucking crazy like that. You know what I mean?
0: Well, don't you think that's kind of like a relationship? Elaborate. Like what you just said, like, you know, You don't see what this place could be, but it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Even through the fucking storm. Right. You know, that's kind of like a relationship.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. You know, and it can get tough because we're so conditioned to look for those sunny days, Mm -hmm. you know, and like my article. And when things get fucking, when things get heavy and things get real, I think that's when a lot of people cut and run.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, they're just like, fuck this. Fuck
0: this. I don't want it. I
1: don't want it. It's too much. You know, it's too much. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming, you know. And
0: I think that's another reason why I'm excited to have another female on the show is because you know I can we relate on so many different levels on narcissism on our past trauma I mean and and, you know I'll let her kind of that's her story yeah Yeah. that's her story that's her story to tell exactly um but we connected on so many levels and I haven't even met her yet she's coming um this Thursday so I'm excited to have her on the show and just kind of you know, bounce off of one another. You know how us Scorpios work. We just kind of just we play well with others, <laughs> with other Scorpios, right? <laughs> Her and I are right on the cusp. And Between um, what? Uh, Sagittarius and um, Scorpio.
1: That's the one after Scorpios? Yeah.
0: So it's being the fact that you know, I I think I'm a little bit of both. You know, I can be a little bit more Sagittarius than Scorpio at some time, at some points. And then I can be a lot more Scorpio than Sagittarius.
1: I think I'm not big. Wherever
0: on, the moon is placed. <laughs> right.
1: I'm not big on a lot of the astrology stuff, but I, when I read these pieces that go with, I am, you know, a hundred percent, it's almost It hits the nail on the head almost every Oh, for
0: sure. And that's one of the things that we're talking about on our ride up is numerology. Numerology. Yeah, numerology. Because I'm really big on signs. Like, I'm a true believer that the universe sends us signs, you know, when we need them and how we utilize them. And we just have to pay pay attention, you know. And um, I'm real big on 1111. Mm -hmm. And I asked you about that and you're like, no, not really. (laughs) I asked you if you believed in it and you're like, no, I think we kind of condition ourselves to, um, we kind of train ourselves to, um, look for those things.
1: Right. I I think it's more of a a construct that we, that we create. And it's like anything else. Like when you think about when you got a, the last time you got like a a car and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a new car, just new to you. Right. Right. Say you'd never had a Jeep before. You'd always driven a Honda. And the next thing you know, what do you see? I love my Jeep, by the way. What do you see everywhere? You see Jeeps everywhere where before you didn't see Jeeps everywhere. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so I think you you condition you can condition yourself to to look for those things, you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with with seeing that, you know, that serendipity or whatever you want to call it. In in those pieces, you know what I mean?
0: I always you know, it's a trip because I could just like oh what time is it? And all of a sudden it's eleven eleven. Yeah. And it's always that time frame. And it could I always reflect in what I'm doing at that point in time where I'm just like, Okay, I'm in alignment. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Whatever it is I'm doing. You know, that's when I know and I'm secure with my path mm-hmm. I, and maybe it's just how I train myself. I don't know.
1: I don't think it really matters how you came about to that place. If if it is a, a good place for you, then exactly. by all means, right? Like, Well, that's... that's
0: one of the things that I was thinking about the other day when we were talking about this is because. I was thinking about what the psychic said. Do you remember what the psychic said about like, oh, what you do, blah, blah, blah. Like it won't go far. And I'm like, fuck that. Like I am the captain of my ship. Like I'm not going to let you tell me what my future, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And I think it gets into that self-talk, self, Mm -hmm. like that you're, you know, all the stuff that, that you've, that you've talked about and brought up. Like this is, it's about putting yourself in a good mental health, good headspace. Whatever it is to help get you to that that spot is, if it works for you, then it's it's the right thing.
0: It's been really difficult for me, to tell you the truth, that, you know, with the holidays and stuff like that. And you know, my ex-husband and I, we've been out of each other's fucking throats and he's just, oh my God, I can't even tell you. He's draining. Right. People can suck the fucking life out of you. Like, suck the fucking life out of you. Right. And then there's those people that bring the best out of you. Right. You know? And I just feel like we've been really good the past um, few months. I would say, like, around July, we've been really good. And co parenting, just great. Hanging out with the kids. And then next thing you know, he took a fucking turn. Like, it was like squirrel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know and it was just so drastic where I started to reflect on some of the things that he used to tell me and I have to tell you it, it fucking like started to really 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 like kill me
1: do you want to give an example of that or
0: yeah um I came across one of his well because I was looking for um Photos uh, for the presentation that I'm going to be giving on mental health and stuff like that and suicide prevention. And I came across a text message that I screenshotted a year ago. And he told me to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And you know how I've been very public on My 5150 and on mental health and stuff like that. I just can't. Why would you want to say that to someone that is the mother of your children? That's like, why would you do that?
1: Yeah. What's the, what do you, what's the end result? What are you hoping to get out of it? Is is that really what you're hoping happens or oh, right. is it just.
0: And it, I, I think I just kind of manifested off of it because I don't have any family and I speak I spent my Thanksgiving, you know, by myself. So it was just like, and I didn't have a Thanksgiving dinner and I didn't, you know, sit down with a, you know, a family of people that loved me and that was thankful of having me, you know, it was just hard. It was just hard to, you know, when I, when I asked him if I can have my kids for Thanksgiving, he threw like this bitch fit like, oh, you know that they want to go and why would you do this to them? And I'm like, family is everything and I'm their mom and I'm trying to instill family morals and values. Why in the fuck would you train our kids to dismiss that if they knew that I was going to be alone?
1: That's one of the unfortunate pieces of of co-parenting and, and that sort of stuff is a lot of times People will let their own past history, their own animosity towards that other person um, kind of poison the well, you know?
0: I think that's where I fell in that well. You know, I was just like, shit, no one gives a fuck about me. You know what I mean? Like I started having that negative self-talk and... I've come so far from that 5150 episode, you know what I mean? And I found myself in that dark space and it's so quick, you know, people that don't battle mental health. I don't think they understand how hard it is.
1: Or how quickly it can come on. Right. And
0: those triggers.
1: Right. And it can, you know, you can be making a sandwich and something comes up and it can it can throw a wrench in and everything. And, and it's it's an oversimplification, I think, to say, oh, well, you just need to get yourself in the right headspace, which you do. What? Yeah. Which you do, but, but it's not. he made wh- it
0: uncomfortable for me to even be like, hey, I need help. I need to call someone right now. Because it was like, oh, my God, even if I reach out to anyone, it's going to be, she's she's not stable. She's this. She's that.
1: It was going to be used against you.
0: You're yeah. Right. And it was just those people don't understand what, what they do to someone and what type of pain. I, I don't think you even know that type of pain until you're on your hands and knees staring at yourself in the mirror and begging God to heal your heart because it's so broken.
1: And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of people listening that can, that resonates with them. You know, you, you've had a lot of people reach out to you and tell you, oh man, I've I identify with your stories. I've mm-hmm. been in your same place. I mean, you know, one of the girls from the shoot, she she dealt with that. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it's.
0: It's so sad when I, when you really think about it to know how people can hurt other people and not give a shit.
1: I mean, that's the nature of the beast, right? And that that's.
0: It doesn't make it excusable. No, it
1: doesn't make it excusable.
0: So what what kind of advice would you give someone that is absolutely alone?
1: You know, sometimes, sometimes being alone is, is where you're supposed to be. You know, sometimes, sometimes that's the path you're supposed to take for, for that, for the time being. And it doesn't mean you're going to be alone forever, you know, but it's, I remember back when, um, when I first split from my, my ex-wife and I had the, I I didn't have any family out there. I was back East, you know, all my family's out here. I didn't have the money to fly home. Mm-hmm. You know, my son was with her. They were at her family's, and that's where we'd always spent our holidays and stuff like that.
0: But you loved her family.
1: And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're great people. And um,
0: so you couldn't look past the blessings. You were focusing on the negative.
1: Well, it, I just wasn't invited, you know. It, oh, you weren't invited. And, and I wasn't it would have been awkward to go, not awkward with her family, but just awkward with her and I and and that Uh sort of stuff. And so I remember I spent Christmas Eve, I went to the bar and I got drunk on Christmas Eve, you know, Uh and I didn't cook food for myself. I didn't do anything, but it was, and that was where I, you know, I would have enjoyed having, having family around, but at the same time, like if I was okay where I was too, you know yeah, and it was it was kind of weird to find that. find some semblance of peace sitting in a bar on Christmas Eve where you know for the past decade, Christmas Eve was always spent with family and, and enjoying that, you know.
0: yeah, I think that was that's one of the things that I'm struggling with is the whole It's still really hard for me, even though it's post three years or whatever, because he took my kids to San Diego to see my oldest and I think but one of the things is that you know he took my kids to go see my oldest and granted it was a planned trip and I did agree to it but still it was the fact that he knew I was going to be alone you know and I asked for my children I just wanted my children you know and I I told him you know uh, you know the day before he left I said you know fine like just give me my hours that are co-ordered and then you guys can leave he texted me a half hour before he left and he said we're we're leaving in 30 minutes and we're trying to call you and i'm like oh my god this is real like i'm wow you know because i wasn't going to be spending it at a family's house i could have but that family doesn't like me anyways but and it was it was really hard for me to to spend my time with anyone else that I didn't want to spend it to, to spend it with. Besides my children, I, right. just, I just wanted to cook cook them fucking breakfast. That's all I wanted to do. Simple, right? yeah.
1: And that's, you know, that's one of the pieces of being divorced and and co-parenting where that whole routine, that whole I it all it. changes, you know.
0: For sure. For sure. I get that aspect of it. But this guy has taken everything from me. And that's where that's where it hurts. That's where that stinging piece hurts, because he can sit there and protest all day long that I did this to myself or whatever. But at the end of the day, I fought for my family. And I fought for my family. And I at the I had no one at the end. You know what I mean? So what did I fight for? Family that wouldn't fight to stay here with me, knowing that I was going to be alone or to kids. You know what I mean? That's a, ju- that's just good values and good morals. It's like, why would you want to leave someone hurting like that? That's just what I've been struggling with. And I'm like, damn, I don't have family. Damn, like my my mom doesn't give a fuck about me. Like his voice was just ruminating in my head over and over and over how my mom didn't give a fuck about me how my mom didn't love me and how I'm too hard to love well that's my mom's voice you know and how um and you know it I don't regret fighting for my family because what she did was fucked up but at the end of the day I'm I was still left alone And that was my karma. And there's something that that comes with suing your family. Yeah. You know, I mean.
1: Actions have consequences.
0: For sure, for sure. But he was able to sit there and have a fucking, you know, a dinner with his daughter that I raised with him, you know. And he was able to laugh and be joyful and stuff like that. And it was almost like I was jealous because I wasn't able to have any of that. And I was ridiculed for going through a dark time in my life Mm -hmm. that I find myself going back to. And I'm trying to fight it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get up every day. I'm trying to get ready every day. And all of those voices are projecting.
1: Well, and there's a certain value in routine. And having struggled with my my own depression and my own stuff like that, there was... I found, and I'm a creature of habit anyway, so I found, you know, my advice to anybody who's in a similar situation is find that routine, you know? how I have
0: a routine, like I've been going to the gym a lot and stuff like that, but at the same time, I'm so hyper-focused on my emotions. I get so caught up like super quick, you know, even though I don't show it or even though I don't. I'm not manic about it or I'm not passionate about it. You know, there'll be times that I don't show anything, you know, but I'm dying inside.
1: Well, and I think everybody deals with that. I think that's, that's an aspect of, of dealing with pain and dealing with your own grief and the whole process that where you have to put on that, that face, you have to do that, that fake it till you make it kind of thing. You know what I mean? And there's a certain value in that. And a lot of people downplay it, but What you're doing, in my opinion, is you're, you're teaching yourself, Mm -hmm. you're relearning, you're forming these positive habits, right? So yeah, I feel like shit. I want to go and eat a fucking nine millimeter right now, but I'm going to get up, you know, I'm going to get my ass up. I'm going to take my ass to work. I'm going to go to the fucking gym or I'm going to make sure I, I make myself lunch or I eat or you know, engage in those hobbies or whatever it is, even if they feel hollow.
0: Oh, well, and that's the thing. That's a, that's, you hit it is that the world had no color and food had no taste. Right. Like I, it was just like, I couldn't like today's my daughter's birthday. You know what I mean? And I'm so hurt by her disrespect because I mean, she's only 13 But how am I supposed to instill morals and values and respect and unconditional love if her father is manipulating the whole situation? That is my thing. And I know that I'm supposed to be, you know, the super mom and, you know, put my feelings aside and stuff like that. But I was genuinely broken, like broken, broken. You know, to the point where I'm like, I'm so guarded that I don't even know if the next time I'm that broken, if I'm going to heal the same way or if I'm going to make it out alive. That's the scary part.
1: And that's where you need to establish some sort of routine, some sort of process, you know, yeah. for how you pull yourself out of those things. You know, what do you do? And I think a lot of people, they don't have that toolbox you know what they i mean they don't they don't have that toolbox i'm sure there's a lot of people listening in who are just like tell me what the fuck to do tell me how to put that in my toolbox because and and there's no unfortunately there's no one way to do it
0: i think that's one of the things that i'm struggling with is my own self-worth now where it's just like i i understand like how i might have you know hurt people or pushed people away but at the end of the day it was me just Fighting, you know what I mean? Like fighting for my family, you know, fighting for what's right or hey, like just own your shit and say you fucked up and then we can move past it. But people don't want to own their shit.
1: Well, not everybody can move past it. You know, I think moving past something sounds good on paper, but when you actually have to put it into practice, it's not as easy as it seems.
0: Well, you know, maybe just stop being a fucked up person, you know, stop, you know, lying, deceiving, manipulating, or even just being a bad person. Like, and I'm not bashing. This podcast is not all about like bashing men or bashing my ex-husband, but his actions don't reflect his words that he told me. He told me, "Oh, we'll always be family, oh we're we're friends and I care about you, you're the mother of my children, blah blah blah. And it all seems to be like those were all fucking lies, either A to get me in bed or B just to fucking fluff it so he can take off to San Diego. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm so it just becomes more clear how stupid i am at the end of the day you know and i i'm like fuck how can i i write about this shit like i know the signs i you know like what the fuck you know and i start like beating myself up
1: even the most skilled professional still gets still gets undone from time to time you know what i mean there's there's no there's no guarantees and so i think what
0: pisses me off the most is that i keep looking like i keep oh maybe there's that good guy you know what i mean there's that good guy but he's really not like he's really fucking evil like he like how could you say that to someone to kill themselves like okay so for instance i was watching something not that long ago and there was this girl that told her boyfriend that and her boyfriend did it fucking jumped off a fucking building and she's being nailed for fucking murder Mm -hmm. That is totally taunting, you know, words are weapons. You don't say shit like that. Like you, like control your fucking emotions, like control yourself. Like, are you saying that you're not in control of yourself, that you want someone to die?
1: Ultimately, you're, you can't control what somebody else does. The only thing you can control is your, your response to it. We get in these situations where it feels out of control. And, and it feels like, oh, I'm, I'm teetering on the edge and I'm, I'm, it's I, manic. I, I could fall off this cliff at any time. The only thing that's going to help is accepting the reality in front of you, not what you want things to be, yeah, but accepting the reality. So if, if this person, you know, if he's everything that you say he is, then you need to just accept that.
0: I, I accept it. And, but now it's like, I'm pushing everywhere everyone away where because that pain is so rich that it's like if he was to take that away from me I don't think I would be able to even fucking handle it and he he's capable of doing that you know he's taken everything away from me and he's manipulated everyone To make it seem like it was me that pushed him to do this. Oh, she's crazy. She did this. She did that. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, now I see the writing on the wall. You pushed me to the point to do that. That dark, deep fucking space, the pit of fucking hell. You just want that pain to stop. Right. And that pain is physically crippling.
1: Well, yeah, that's why depression is such an epidemic not not just in our country i mean throughout the world right
0: right so i know i can't i can't say that i agree with you 100% because I, I mean you are responsible for your own actions but there's times where it's just like people are fucking evil and cruel
1: you know when you're talking about going down this path to healing and how to to change and how to be how to be a different person. That's one
0: of the things why I beat myself up because I went from being strong and bold and feeling empowered to like fucking the pits of hell in like in two days. How does that even happen? I I felt like I lost my dignity, my integrity and my self-respect because I went off on him. I'm not going to lie. I I thought about a few times how many times how many different ways I can do it, you know? And
1: But you didn't. But
0: I didn't, but it was just like And see, I'm getting choked up. Who would care?
1: And I think that's I think that opinion and and I can see the pain on your face and and I know that you're The listeners can't see that. But this is where we have the depression and mental health becomes an issue because people, they have that mindset. Who would care? And they don't realize that they're...
0: How many people do I have in my circle?
1: It doesn't matter.
0: No, I mean, and what I get... And I thought about this like, oh my God, my mom would be like, she finally did it. It's not about like what others would think. It's how they made me feel and they're okay with that. They're oh. just okay with hurting other people.
1: They are. They are. And that's, you know, the the world can be a, a cruel fucking place. And I know that's a, a cliche, but...
0: It's so fucking cruel. But it's
1: true. The world can be cruel. But the world can also be beautiful.
0: Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, I pushed everyone away because I don't want them to hurt me. I don't want them to leave me.
1: And I I think that, that you're in a position where, and I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. We isolate ourselves because it's easier and not easier. It's just safe. It's safe. I can isolate myself. I don't have to feel, and and I do feel when I'm isolated, but I don't have to have, nobody else can, you can't fuck with me then. You know, that's a defense mechanism. That's a healing mechanism too, right? Yeah. And so it's about how do you, how do you cope with these things when you get to that place? You know, Well,
0: I'm, I'm in good hands because I do have a therapist, (laughs) you know, and she's helped me through a lot and she's talked me through a lot and you know, I'm, who's to say you're not going to ever be broken again. It's,
1: I think it's just a matter of acceptance for me, you know, and I can only speak for myself, you know, as soon as I kind of just accepted the, the nature of things, then it made it easier to deal with, you know? (laughs) And- I'm just
0: not that type of person to like put anything under the rug in hopes that it goes away. I'm just so empathic, words. I feel everyone. Like, I would cry for, like, if I seen you crying right now, I would cry. You know what I mean? If I seen you in that much pain, I would cry, you know, and let you know that we would get through this together. And I think that's one of the painful parts is that while well, going through all of this, is that, you know, I have been there for so many people and even including my ex and when he went through his manic state not that long ago I let him know like hey are you okay do you need anything we'll get through this together you know what do you need are you don't have to be treating this person this way you don't you know what's what's going on underneath you you know there's something ha- there's something going on within you that you're taking it out on the kids, you know? And he, and I wasn't taking anything out on the kids. I was just fucking done people hurting me, you know? And being dismissive about it. And being dismissive, I mean, like, oh, mom's being extra, mom's, you know, mom's crazy. In all actuality, I was fucking, all I wanted was my kids on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Could be something, it was court-ordered. I could have been a bitch and called the cops, right? But I, I didn't.
1: I think that's why people are tuning in and and what they want to hear. Like, how do we deal with this? Because these pieces, they're not gonna, they're not gonna go away, you know. So when I say that's life, and, and what I mean is, is it's not an oversimplification, but you're not gonna get out. You're not gonna make it to the end of the road without hitting a whole fuck ton of potholes. You know what I mean? And you've got to figure out a strategy to, a coping strategy, whatever that is, you know?
0: I have so many different strategies that I try to channel my shit through. Like, you know, I have, I'm, I'm super creative. You know, I can channel it through my videos. I can channel it through, you know, photos or whatever, you know, but that's just, it's not enough sometimes.
1: You know, that brings up a good point. It's not gonna fill, it's not gonna fill the void you know what I mean? But it's going to make that void manageable until you're in a better headspace Mm -hmm. to be able to come out the other side. I think sometimes people look at it as, as, as a, they want, Oh, well, I'm going to give you advice how to, to make this a panacea, you know, here's a cure all. And that's, that's not what it is. You know? Yeah. I can throw myself into my hobbies. I can go to the gym. I can, but that pain's not going to fucking go away. It doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it helps you. It's like you're down in a hole and each time that you kind I feel like I'm fucking, I'm, I'm like similes and metaphors like all day today, but <laughs> you know, but the analogy is there, you know, you're down in a hole and you got, you can start building a way to climb out. Yeah. But you're still in that hole. You know what I mean? And I think some people, they want, they want it to be fast. They want it to be easy because because you just want it to stop right
0: yeah and that's another thing that we've talked about in previous episodes is you know you just want that quick fix you know and that healing process it does take time and you do have to trust your healing process but i just i think for me I just come so fucking far, you know, and I'm disappointed in myself.
1: You're beating yourself up for being human and that's not even fair. You're beating yourself up for having human emotions and human feelings Mm -hmm. and for getting knocked down, whatever, and not whatever, but you know what I mean? Like
0: I just think that too, what's also weighing on me is that people are just fucking cruel. They are. They're just, they're cruel. Like some things I would never do to someone and they've done it to me you know and I'm just like ah and that pain just never it's richer every time you know and yeah you can build yourself up and give you yourself all this pep talk and stuff like that but at the end of the day it's like who wants to be hurt you know who 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 wants to be lied to or manipulated or convinced or told that they're a bad person or a bad mom I mean, if you're doing shitty shit, then yes, you're a bad person and you only, you know, your convictions. But when you're honestly not doing anything and you're just trying to live, it's, it becomes shitty. It's that shitty feeling. It's like, you know, like I was telling my ex-husband, like, you know, how does it feel to actually hurt someone and be okay with it? How do you sleep at night? I'm just wondering, you know, and he was totally cold about it he was like stop with your fucking pity party and I'm like like it blew my mind wow 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 you know that's the that's the key piece that I'm struggling with is you know always be mindful of other people's thoughts and emotions because even though it's not yours it's still valid whether it's physical or mental or emotional that's still their pain does that make sense If you care about someone or even care about humankind, why would you want to hurt them? You know, why would you want to let them fall, allow them to fall? My heart just beats at a different rhythm. And that's the part that I think has been the biggest trigger for me within the past few years that I have seen people for what they are. And I'm not, I'm not intrigued. You know, I'm not attracted to that. You know, um, I grew up on tough love. I grew up on, you know, people judging and people being just cruel. And that's not who I want to surround myself with. That's not who I want to be. A lot of our listeners are going through the same thing that I struggle with. You know, whether it's catty women, whether it's, you know, being emotional, whether it's, you know, not being loved whether it's, you know, narcissism, whether it's whatever, you know, a lot of women are going through what I'm going through. So, and that concludes our emotional (laughs) episode of Juliet and (laughs) Mikael.
1: Right. Stay tuned for a new co-host.
0: I'm not a new one, (laughs) just an additional one. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to having Marie on our show and, and, you know, giving her, um, female, uh, insight on the world. And, um, I know that her and I, we, we connected on a lot of different levels and, um, I'm excited. I'm just excited. So she'll be here Thursday, um, give it a few days for us to, uh, edit the podcast. And then we also... Have Billy Flynn on Sunday, and then we also have our um, our little video that um, Visa is going to be filming. So he'll be filming the podcast as well as um, Marissa will be here, and so it's gonna be a it'll be a good time. Um, good people, good people for sure. Marissa for sure. I love Marissa, so she'll be here, and um, yeah. So stay tuned.
1: Thanks for listening, folks. Until next time.
0: Until next time. This is Juliet. Have a good one. Bye.